Hayes, Alexander, Shabbat for three, bang, oh! will get it for the win. What's going on, guys? Welcome to Dime Dropper, episode 61 of our 24-minute recaps. Before we get started, please make sure to subscribe on all platforms at YouTube at Dime Dropper Podcast, Apple Podcast. Leave a review if you'd like. Follow us on Spotify, and of course, to follow us on all social media platforms at Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok at Dime Dropper Pod. I did not realize how easy it was to spam on TikTok. I made one video <laughs> laughing at how KCP passed up an open layup for, for a three. You know, typical is the NBA getting better and better stuff, proving my points. And it blew up with like 140,000 views. I didn't realize how easy it was to spam. So if you haven't followed me on TikTok, go follow me. I will be doing more clownage there and obviously some good plays as well. But I'm also going to use it a lot for when I get through my timeline to post clips of the old eras that you wouldn't see in highlights, like just obscure clips. But it was so funny. And you know what's hilarious about TikTok is I think NBA Twitter is bad. Well, I already knew going into TikTok, it's going to be all Gen Z bots. The average age is probably like 15. So you got to take everything there with a grain of salt. And I'm about to troll heavily. People get in my mentions. So let's talk about the games tonight. We got three of them on tap. And then I'll talk briefly about... Both of my dad's colleges, the rivals, USC and UCLA, coming out with the huge W's in the round of 64. But the Clippers and the Hornets first, Lakers-Hawks next, and the Celtics-Kings last night. Uh, As I said, we will be focusing much more strictly on Tier 1 Dime Dropper teams for the NCAA tournament duration. So let's start out with the Clippers. We played against the Hornets tonight. I said it before, this is the first half, or I'm sorry, the beginning of the home stretch. We have... Had some tough losses to start this second half of the season, but this Charlotte Hornets team, this game, and our upcoming schedule just, I think, bodes well for our confidence. So first game back at home, and we look very different at home than we do on the road, which I think is something we have to fix going forward in terms of our road form. But at home, you know, it seems like our intensity and energy starts out better, we move the ball better, and most importantly, we make shots at a much more frequent rate. I thought tonight we started off really well, and it started with Reggie Jackson fighting over screens with LaMelo Ball. We did not give them any success in the pick and roll early, and that's very important in today's NBA. You don't want to let them opposing teams get success in the pick and roll early. Reggie Jackson was putting on pressure, and they don't have a lob threat. We talked about what Zubats' weakness is, is with a good, agile lob threat. There's nobody on the Hornets that was athletic enough to expose that. Bismack Biombo, offensively, he's pretty dog shit, in my opinion. Uh, not to sound harsh, but it is the truth. I think he's not good at all offensively. And Zubats was doing a great job of showing and recovering. And that's what you just got to do. On the drives, he was doing a good job of late switching, making himself big, going up vertically. I thought it was a very do-whatever-was-needed game from Zub. When he needed to post up, I thought there were times where he had switches. He could have posted up a little more, but for the most part, he was getting in the post where he needed to, just rolling nicely. And Paul George, he really set the tone tonight, making threes. He took better shots tonight, and he got to the rim here and there as well. So you got to love what PG was doing. He started getting going early, and that kind of set the tone for the rest of the game for him. I thought Kawhi, albeit a bit quiet offensively, defensively, he did a good job. He was, you know, talking, calling out switches. He even got four steals at his active hands. 
and put, doing some good job getting over screens and a couple times my favorite part of the game from Kawhi was we got some stops there was one play in particular in the first half where he did a good job just putting pressure on I don't know if it was Hayward or LaMelo on a screen and then he got the rebound off the shot that he contested and he outletted it and I think it was Terrence Mann who was killing it in transition all night long he was just going up strong, going to the rim. And I love those. Defense leading the offense. I just don't think we play at a fast enough pace. You can say the same thing about the Celtics or another dime dropper team. They have athletic wings. We lack athleticism, but it's always good to get easy baskets. And Paul George is as athletic as they come. And Terrence Mann gives us an outlet to push the pace. Lou Williams, not really. He likes to more so take people off in the half court. And I thought that two people that are very hit or miss in terms of their offense to uh, usually – we're hits tonight. Lou Williams and Marcus Morris Sr. I thought Mook was better defensively, doing a better job closing out on guys, uh, you know, on pick and rolls, taking away the the possibility of a roll by just cheating over a little bit and making sure he didn't sag off too much of the shooters in the corner to get out to them. The Hornets did not scare us at all tonight, at all. They didn't even really make a run, and that's very not normal of the Hornets. They've been a huge comeback team, make a run late kind of team, and the fact that they didn't even attempt anything on us tonight was, you know, says a testament to how well we played. And I thought that we could have gotten Kawhi going a little more, you know, 6 of 13, 0 of 4 from 3. He had 17 points, 4 rebounds. I'm sorry, three rebounds, four assists, four steals. But I don't think that 17, I just think we could have gotten him going a little more. But hey, cruise control, less effort, uh, less energy spent for Kawhi. Marcus Morris Sr. had a couple nice shots, three threes, a couple of them contested as usual. And then, you know, a turnaround or two. Paul George continued to stay the course. Patrick Patterson gave us some good minutes off the bench, actually. He came in and got a block. Uh, he was found by PG on a nice bounce pass on the drive. And I thought it was just a solid performance all around. I thought Batum came in, and he's just, I love having Batum because you know what you're going to get from him. He's one of our role players where it doesn't matter if he hits shots. You know he's going to communicate. You know he's going to play solid defense. And you know he's going to spread the floor. Whether he makes it or misses it, he keeps the defense honest because of how well he shot this year. He even had a nice mid-range contested little turnaround today from around 10 feet, 8 feet. He had 11 points on 3 of 5 shooting. But my player of the game tonight was Paul George. 21 points, 10 assists. 5 rebounds, so we got to give it up for PG. 8 of 14 from the field and 4 of 8 from 3. A routine return to good form for the Clips. And because of that, we have such few people in the live tonight. And you know what? I'm pretty happy about it because it just exposes the cronies. They just want to hear about when we lose. So I'm happy to see the Clips win. 125-98. 27 to 16, we move on, and we haven't won back-to-back -back games since March 3rd, or sorry, I think it was February 13th or 14th, so we need to get a little streak going here, maybe win two games in a row. Let's let's move on to the Lakers against, by the way, the Hornets dropped to 20 and 21. Let's move on to the Lakers against the Hawks today. It was a 12-30 game, Lakers getting the JV Clipper treatment tonight. And the Atlanta Hawks, who are another dime dropper team, we haven't really watched too many of their full games lately, but what we have noticed with Nate McMillan is Trey Young scoring less, John Collins scoring more, and the Hawks winning. And are we surprised at this dime dropper fam? We're not, because I've been calling out Trey Young and his ball dominance all season, and now it's hurt the team. Part of the reason why the Hawks have been able to do this is because of the return of Danilo Gallinari. Bogdanovich and Rondo. So it's gotten Trey Young to trust the teammates more. So I thought today they started out very well. A guy that 
I, I didn't really know of, and he's, he's gotten some minutes under Nate McMillan. Knight. I think, what's his first name? Nathan Knight. But I thought he had some good energy in the beginning of the game. Yeah, Nathan Knight. But I thought Kevin Herter came out well, but I thought John Collins was very active. And, you know, I, I, I'm I starting to see John get more involved. A lot more pick and rolls. And, you know, John's a great roller. He's a good finisher on the rim because he's very athletic. And, yeah, he's a good roller. He can pick and pop. He only shot two threes tonight or today. Made one of them. 13 twos. So he was active around the basket. He was there for offensive rebounds. He had five of them. And he had 27 points and 16 rebounds. Of course, the Lakers were missing Marcus Saul, But the trouble came when we saw LeBron James hurt his ankle. And... Yeah, I mean, it's a tough blow for the Lakers, to say the least. You don't like to see that. LeBron was having an MVP caliber campaign. He was my favorite to win the award at this point in time. And to see him go down like that, you don't want to see that as a basketball fan. But at the same time, if you're asking me if I have any sympathy for LeBron, of course I have sympathy for injured players. But the guy's been pretty lucky in his career, and he's kept such good care of his body that, you know, father time is undefeated. It, at least it wasn't a crazy bad injury. He was diagnosed with a high ankle sprain, so he's going to miss some time. I expect him to come back before the playoffs. The question is, will the Lakers have enough time to regain form and chemistry with AD and LeBron? It may be, I mean, this puts a huge dent in the title hopes. The Lakers had trouble scoring afterwards, and the Hawks went on to win 99-94. I thought Trey Young was pretty solid just in his creation. He's not been scoring as much and shooting as well, but his creation was great. 14 points and 11 assists. I thought Gallinari was really good. He came in and he had a couple threes, even contested mid-range off some curls. And the defense is really what looks the difference for the Hawks to me. They're communicating more, and that's when you know you have coaching. Communicating, knowing when to switch, knowing when not to. They just seem more engaged as a unit. And you got to give credit to Nate McMillan, man. He has been unbelievable. 7-0, and I believe, if not maybe 8-0 and since he took over. The Hawks are going to make the playoffs now, and it just shows that Trey Young just needed a little bit of disciplining, and it, un it shows us again coaching in this league, especially with a young team. Nate McMillan's the guy. Looks like the Hawks are going to make the playoffs. Bogdanovich looked pretty good as well. Just gives him another pick-and-roll threat. He plays you know, I I can't I still can't gauge whether he's a good defender or not. He has his moments where he gets kind of bodied, but he's pretty intelligent. So I need to keep watching a little more of him. And with DeAndre Hunter coming back, this Hawks team, man, don't be surprised if you see them finishing higher than I expected. I said ninth seed, but they could be finishing in that top six. But let's go back to LeBron. So that injury, yeah, I mean, my, my thing is, you know, father time is undefeated. You know, LeBron's had great luck in his career not getting hurt. So this is his second major injury in his career after that groin injury in 2019. And the Lakers, I think, are going to still win some games here. All they got to do is make sure they don't plummet too far down into the abyss where we're talking, you know, that six, seven, eight spots. But I still think they'll be fine. It's just a matter of if LeBron and AD can come back soon enough for them to gain rhythm for the playoffs. Because we've seen, man, how many teams in NBA history have won championships with their best players having significant injuries in the season? That does not happen much. So now the road for the Lakers just got that much tougher. Am I ready to remove them as my championship pick? Not yet, because nobody in the West really convinces me. But there's a strong chance the Lakers don't win the championship, Laker fans, anymore. This is big. This is big. I don't want to make the excuses. If the Lakers are there, LeBron and AD are there, no excuses. But at the same time, you cannot ignore what injuries can do to a player's rhythm. And LeBron was having a hell of a season. All the, another thing, by the way, tell me, Dime Dripper fan, 
fam, what you guys think? Did LeBron purposely check back in to make a shot and then check himself out of the game to keep up his double-digit scoring streak? Because I've seen some people saying that, and knowing LeBron and his stat-padding ways, did he do that, guys? Do you guys think he did that and make the shot for his... Because why else would he come in and shoot one shot to test it out? I mean, you could say he tried to test it out, but it looked like, like when LeBron's rolling on the floor like that, he, you know... He doesn't roll on the floor just for no reason. He's a pretty tough guy when it comes to, you know, he can flop, but that doesn't mean he's not a tough guy. He gets hit and he comes right back up most of the times. So, you know, we'll see. I don't know. Was that for the stats or was because I thought I thought that he was gonna go right out of the game when he was rolling around like that, but man. <laughs> if he did, that just shows why I just don't really like the guy that much. But we hope he comes back soon. The Hawks get the win. 22 and 20 is their record. They continue to stay undefeated under Nate McMillan. Lakers, 28-14. and 14. How will they do without LeBron? Let's finish it off with the Celtics and the Kings. The Celtics have been losing. Kemba Walker's back. They lost to the Cavs. How would they respond against the Sacramento Kings team? And before, Celtics fans, I know you're going to get a little disappointing with me. Disappointed with me. But the Sacramento Kings... They don't have a great... I mean, the Celtics don't have a great matchup with the Celtics for whatever reason. Um, I was at the game last year. Yes, I was actually at the game at TD Garden when Buddy Heald hit 11 threes. It was the most threes I'd ever seen somebody hit at a basketball game. And the Celtics barely won. Marcus Smart steal sealed the game. They lost to them last year on that chippy that Marcus Smart missed. And then they lost this year because De'Aaron Fox took over that game late. And the Celtics had their typical late game flaws. But this game, I don't blame the Celtics' bad start too much on... On anything effort-wise, I really think they brought the effort. I think that just Tatum, Kemba, and Jalen just weren't hitting shots in the beginning of the game, and the Kings worked. I mean, De'Aaron Fox was hitting multiple contested threes, but he healed, continuing to hit some shots. And here's the thing about De'Aaron Fox. He's a downhill, quick point guard, big. So you need to throw two bodies at him. So you're going to have to give something up. And a lot of times, that's the threes. So the Celtics, I, did, I think they did a decent job getting out there, but Buddy Heald's just going to make shots. He's a good shooter, a great shooter. And the Celtics, they had a stretch where they could not make a layup. I kid you not, in the second quarter, they just could not make a layup. Pritchard missed, Tatum missed, and that's still a problem for Tatum. He really needs to needs to get better at finishing around the basket. It's been a problem for him since the beginning of his career, but he really needs to get better at finishing around the rim. It's been a big problem for him, and it can. it's really what he needs to do to take the next step into becoming like a 30 points a game scorer. And another thing, Jalen Brown, he really has just not had that same body language since those early games and start to the season. Like he doesn't get in his mid-range area as much. I think teams have started to brighten up on him and are started to not only send their big man further up, but send somebody from the wings because the Celtics do not have enough shooters. So they can collapse on Jalen a lot easier. He's not getting the same looks. And it kind of is just a no-ball movement kind of system for the Celtics. It's a lot of high pick-and-roll take turns. And when when those players aren't efficient, like you see Tatum in this game, I mean, the Celtics did make a run. They went down, but they made a run in the third, and it started again. Marcus Smart making threes. Jalen Brown scoring again as well. But, I mean, let's look. Kemba Walker, 6 of 18 from the field. 16 points, 7 assists. I'm not saying he was awful, but that's just not good enough. He also got beat off the dribble a couple times too easily for me. And Jason Tatum, 6 of 16, 15 points. 
just not good enough. Four turnovers as well. That's another thing. The Celtics cannot stop turning the ball over. And then Jalen Brown, 8 of 20. Not good enough. Time Lord, I thought, was good. 12 points. You know, being active around the basket. But just not good enough. No Celtics scored 20 points. At the end of the game, it was very close the last four minutes. And the Kings, and it wasn't the same ISO problems really that killed the Celtics in this one for me. I think it was just, it was a one-point game. And Rashawn Holmes banked in a three. And it was to end the shot clock. And, you know, maybe Rob Williams should have gotten out there. But, man, when you see that, a banked in three by the by Rashawn Holmes. And then the Celtics came down. I don't remember if they turned the ball over or just missed a good look. I mean, Kemba had some good looks in the fourth quarter. Mid-ranges, going one-on-one. He did not hit. And then... De'Aaron, I think it was, was it, De no, Buddy Heel came down and hit a three, and you know, you got to give credit to De'Aaron Fox, because he was the best player on the court, and that's another thing, Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown need to start asserting themselves as the best players on the court, they're not outplaying other team stars frequently enough lately, and you know, that's the thing, with when our players, Clippers, for example, when Kawhi or Paul George play like the best player on the court, we usually win, and De'Aaron Fox was the best player on the court in this game. And when he was coming off those screens, you know, Chris Paul is one of the first people I saw really make this like a signature. But like coming off screens, that sidestep to the right and mid-range jumper, De'Aaron Fox, you know, he's a left-handed player. So he likes going right. So his body is, his shoulders are squared to the basket. Coming off that right side screen a couple times, sidestep, create separation, jumpers. Absolutely fantastic. Hitting contested threes. Three of seven from three. 11 of 20 from the field. De'Aaron Fox has really put in work with his jumper. 29 points. The problem with the Kings is I just don't know where they're headed. Like, I just don't know. They're too confusing. But Rashawn Holmes in that floater game was fantastic. 25 points and 11 rebounds. Four of them offensive. He was 7 of 11 from the field. 10 of 12 from the line. 15 and 13 for Harrison Barnes as well. Celtics have been in trade talks about him. 5 of 10 from the field for him. But the Celtics, 14 turnovers. I really think the fourth quarter only scoring 15 points. To me, this was on the, the main guys, the stars. They got to be better. Just got to be better overall. Offensively, making shots, being aggressive, taking it to the basket. Celtics only shot 7 free throws. I mean, again, that lets you know. 31 threes, 7 free throws. They're not taking to the basket enough. They can't be discouraged by lack of calls. At this point, it's like, guys, I just don't think the Celtics look like a well-coached team anymore. They don't look like an engaged team that's on a string. They don't look like a team that runs real offense. Like, is it time to sack Brad? Is it time? Like, I really like Brad, but is it time? Celtics fans, let me know. You got to make a move here. This cannot continue. They need to make a move for depth. They need to make a... I mean, it worked for Atlanta. Maybe it's time for the Celtics. I do not know. The Celtics dropped to 20 and 21. They're under 500 right now. This is not acceptable. Jason Tatum, 16 points or 15 points, not going to cut it. Kemba Walker, 16 points, 6 of 18, not going to cut it. Jalen Brown, 19 points, 8 of 20, not good enough for me. Um, by the way, USC big win, big performances by the Mobleys. Moving on to the second round of the tournament for the first time since 2017. I don't have a great recollection of that 2007 team with OJ Mayo. I was more into UCLA basketball at the time with Jordan Farmer and them. So my two favorite teams that I remember USC winning or playing well were the 2009 second round team with DeRozan and Taj Gibson. I really liked them. Lost to Michigan State. And then the 2017 team that lost to Baylor, Jordan McLaughlin, my favorite college player of all time, Benny Boatwright, and Shemezi Metu. 
And so let's see if this team can surpass that and be my most, you know, best USC team of the times I remember watching college ball. Get to that Sweet 16. They got Kansas next, six seed versus three. UCLA getting the dub over BYU. Love to see that at the 11th seed. David Singleton, one of my, actually was my seventh grade history classmate. Um, It's so funny. One time our professor, our teacher, not professor, our teacher called and said, because David was on the VAR team. He was one of the better players in the school. I thought he was good, but I don't think he was insane. But anyway, he asked us, uh, who's the Zen master? And David was like, Kobe. And he was like, no. And I was like, Phil Jackson. He's like, oh, man, D knows more about basketball than David. And and it was just a funny, just a funny moment. But that's it for tonight, guys. Now we're going to move on to the live chat. And Super Chats are turned on. Let me know what you guys think. Clippers coming out with the win. LeBron out indefinitely. Laker fans, let me know what you think. Celtics fans, is it time to fire Brad? What more needs to change for these guys? Peace.